So consumption is a big part of the U.S. economy. And we are already seeing uh, consumers falling behind on auto loans, on personal loans. So monetary policy works with a lag. And I think we're starting to feel the effects of higher interest rates right now. Welcome to the Financial Commute, a weekly podcast that gives you the rundown on what's going on in the current market, how it affects you, and what you can do about it, all designed to fit into your commute. I'm your host, Chris Galeski, and each week I share the table with a knowledgeable guest, including Morton Wealth Advisors, fund managers, and investment analysts, to break down complex financial topics. Our goal is to provide you with the tools to help you navigate any market environment, leading to a path of more confident investing. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of The Financial Commute. I'm your host, Chris Galeski, joined by Managing Director of Investment, Sasan Faye. Sasan, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about with regards to what's going on in the world, how it affects people, and potentially what they can do about it. It's hard not to um, kind of look out there with stocks and bonds and interest rates, inflation, taxes, all the millions of headlines going on without you know, sort of talking about the elephant in the room, and that's the atrocities that are happening, you know, overseas right now and and weighing in on on the global economy and creating some uncertainty. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about kind of like what's going on in the world right now, how it's space, how it's creating some of the uncertainty that we have and sort of what what we do about it here? Yeah, uh, I think, as you mentioned, that's that's the big thing right now the, that that's on everybody's mind, the Mideast war. Uh, so year to date, again, the big headwind for the equity markets has been higher interest rates that the Fed is raising interest rates to. That led, and that led to a bank failure, right? Yes. So, yeah. And uh, uh, the Fed is trying to bring down inflation by raising rates. Again, uh, we can have a, a long debate on that as well. There's a, a lot of inflation is due to supply chain disruptions, which has needs time to improve. But the, but that's what's been... Uh, yields going up, interest rates going up has had, has been a headwind for the markets. And then we had uh, the issue with uh, uh, the budget that uh, the Congress uh, kind of delayed it for another 45 days. So now there's not a speaker in the House. So we're going to have probably have to deal with this issue in another 30 days or so, which is a big uncertainty as well if we're going to have a government shutdown. And uh, the, 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 again, the, the, Big thing that happened today is really the ten-year yield, kind of hitting five uh, percent, uh, which is the highest since two thousand seven, so almost uh, sixteen years. Right. It's pulled back since uh, a little bit, uh, and there's a bit, again a little bit of uncertainty as far as how how the war is going to proceed. Is it going to be uh, as large scale as everybody thought, and hopefully uh, maybe a little bit more uh, contained. Uh, so I think those are those are the main things that are happening. If companies are reporting earnings right now. The third quarter earnings are coming in. About 17% of S&P 500 companies have reported. Yeah. But uh, they've reported better than expected earnings. Uh, but again, majority of the companies are going to report uh, still. So if you look at how the equity markets have done year to date, uh, then as of the close of Friday, S&P 500, which is dominated by the mega cap technology companies, it's up about 11.5%. But if you look at the S&P 500 companies, equal weight. Yeah. So meaning that not necessarily overweight the larger uh, 
market capitalization companies, right. that's actually down one and a half percent. And smaller stocks measured by Russell 2000 are even down more, down three and a half percent. And that's a good point. I mean, if you had $500 invested in the S&P 500, the equal weight would mean that you've got $1 invested in all 500 companies equally, right? As opposed to the S&P 500 that's market weighted, you might have $500 invested in the S&P 500, the top 500 companies, but the top eight or 10 of them would represent, you know, a large, larger um, portion of that $500 than, you know, having an the same amount investing in each one. Rising interest rates, this is creating a problem, not only here in the US, but globally, and companies are facing some slowdowns because it costs more to borrow money. Now, this is tough to fathom because for the 15 years prior, when the Fed went through that zero interest rate policy, mm -hmm. ZERP, um, that started post the financial crisis, they kept interest rates at zero to spur growth, to say, you know what, we need to stimulate the economy. We need to come out of this recession or, or depression that we're in, and we're going to see how this goes. And during that time, they left rates at zero for 15 years, and they were able to print trillions and trillions of dollars. But now that interest rates are, the 10-year treasury, for example, now that that's at 5%, why is that such a big deal? Like, why is that slowing things down? Because if you look historically over the past, call it 40, 50, 60 years, 5% doesn't seem that high, but it sure is creating some headwinds right now. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we are going to be hitting a kind of a maturity wall in 2024 and 2025. What that means is that a lot of companies that had borrowed at much lower rates yeah. uh, during, you know, post GFC, they're going to have to refinance that debt. And whether they're going to be able to afford it or not, I think that's a big question. But another headwind that we're seeing right now that's actually permeating in the economy is, as you know, the U.S. economy is 70% uh, U.S. consumer. So right. consumption is a big part of the U.S. economy. And we are already seeing uh, consumers falling behind on auto loans, on personal loans. So Monetary policy works with a lag, and I think we're starting to feel the effects of higher interest rates right now. So we're in an environment where the U.S. economy is going to be slowing down. Again, everybody has been talking about, are we going to go into a recession or not? Nobody really knows that, but we are definitely slowing down here. Yeah, I saw the reports recently about you know consumers falling behind on auto loans, sort of subprime auto loans. Mm -hmm. They're defaulting at the highest rate since the financial crisis um, as of late. Obviously, some things are concerning, and there are certain parts of our economy that are stretched thin because interest rates are higher. Um, but now that interest rates are higher, there does create some opportunity. The people that do have money or money um, in savings or investments, they're now earning a higher interest rate than they were before, or there's potentially more opportunities for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think I mean you're looking at the, the the treasury market or the just the bond market in general. Uh, the composition of the market is changing a little bit because the Fed that used to buy a lot of treasuries uh, during their quantitative easing, which just just means bond buying, they're not letting those bonds mature and they're not reinvesting. 
The second factor is that- So go back to that. When those bonds mature, they're not reinvesting those dollars. They're just letting them fall off their yeah. balance. So there's going to be more supply. So I mean, there's there's a lack of, of a buyer out there. And so more supply means that interest rates could- Potentially. Yeah. Say, I, and I think that the second factor is large buyers of US Treasury, for example, China, they're reducing their exposure. Yeah. So those are two headwinds. But the third one, as you mentioned, is that higher yields is not uh, attracting buyers like individual investors, hedge funds, pensions, insurers are starting to look at the bond market and that 5%, even on the three to six month versus the 10 year, which is about similar now, uh, it's starting to look very attractive. So there's going to be some demand, obviously, but also the U.S. government, as you mentioned, the interest costs are going up. So the U.S. government has to issue more bonds. I will see that the two factors of Fed letting their bonds mature, China not buying as much, but is the demand from individual and institutional investors going to be enough to kind of uh, provide a supply-demand balance? Or would yields have to go even higher to attract more buyers? And so that's the point, is that even though the Fed might say, hey, right now we're going to hold off on raising raising interest rates, that's just what they can control. They can't necessarily what, what the control what the open market does. And now you're seeing the 10-year Treasury, you know, start to hit above 5%. If there all of a sudden becomes more supply and less buyers, those rates seem to go up a little bit more to attract investors. So even though the Fed might be hitting a br hitting the brakes on raising rates, that doesn't mean that they have control on what rates will actually do. No, you're you're absolutely right. The Fed controls the policy rates, which are the short-term rates. Yeah. So they can move that up and down as they see fit, but the rest of the bond market is controlled by supply-demand dynamics. Yeah. And some of the factors that I mentioned, those are going to be the drivers uh, of the yields on the bond market uh, going forward. And Look, even though interest rates are higher, you're still seeing people where it makes sense for them to take out debt in this environment, but they're controlling those factors. They're making sure that they have it fixed for a certain period of time. They're not affect affected by floating rate, and they're being more thoughtful and strategic in terms of the, the types of debt that they're taking on today than when interest rates are at zero. I mean, you could borrow money at zero percent interest rates. How much are you going to borrow? Exactly. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right on that. Uh, I think sometimes people may may look at the the yields and say, "Oh, it's 17, 16, 17 year high. It's going to have to come down." It may not. I think we are in a higher inflationary regime going forward for reasons that we've discussed uh, in the past, and that may mean that we are in a uh, higher for longer type of a rate environment going forward. Yep. I came across an interesting article over the weekend. It talked about the 109 trillion global dollar, 109 trillion dollar global stock market. Okay. US represents about 42 or 43% of that share. But if I were to say to you, how many of the, of the, the biggest 100 companies in the world are from the United States? Would you say more than 30, less than 30, more than 50, less than 50? What would you think? I would say probably maybe even more than 50. More than you or more, yeah. I would I would probably fall that way too. And I think that our home country bias and we think of Apple and Google and Microsoft and all the things that we feel and touch are, are very real to us. But this article said 
39 of the top 100 companies of the largest five largest 100 companies in the world mm-hmm. are from the U.S. Exactly. That means that there are 61 huge companies outside the U.S. that we may not be aware of if we're only investing in the S&P 500. Exactly. I think I think that we've made the case for international diversification. Obviously, there are great companies outside the U.S. Valuations are more reasonable, but again, they're they're sometimes more subject to the macro environment. Uh, the U.S. dollar being strong, which has been strong, is always a headwind for international. But well, having a, a properly diversified portfolio, it makes a lot of sense. As you talk about diversification, a couple of things that sort of made some big moves over the last week. Uncertainty tends to cause larger moves. Gold moved quite a bit in the positive direction over the last week and a half, um, obviously due to you know uh, the, the uncertainty o- over there overseas and the war, but also the U.S. dollar um, not staying quite as strong. Um, do you want to touch on anything? Yeah, I think we talked about gold as really being a store of value. And uh, it's it's really a hedge against the fiat currency or paper currency depreciation. So as we see the U.S. dollar may be getting weaker, if interest rates, maybe they have peaked, maybe they're not going to come down, but maybe they're not also going to go up as fast. Uh, and also the geopolitical tensions always, uh, people are looking for a safe haven and uh, and gold always shines in in those kind of environments and i and i think we've seen that again gold we view it as a strategic asset in the portfolios so it makes sense to have some exposure uh, to gold as a hard reserve currency yeah thank you Suzanne. i mean look that this last quarter of the year is going to be really really interesting because you know we are facing some headwinds with you know bank failures inflation higher interest rates the fact that the S&P 500 got off to such a, the U.S. markets and international, for that matter, got off to such a strong start at the early part of the year because they got beaten up a lot last year. Um, companies are starting to report earnings. We've got headline risk with you know issues going on with, with higher interest rates and real estate, uh, the war over uh, across the seas. Um, there's a number of reasons why not to invest. And you can't just chase a higher yield or a higher interest rate now that rates have gone up and say, oh, let me sell everything and go buy this thing at XYZ that's going to pay me 7% a year. It's really about having a diversified plan, um, making sure that you're being thoughtful. And right now is a time to take on calculated risk. Revisit the things that you're exposed to and ask yourself the question, am I getting paid adequately for the risk that I'm taking on today? and what alternatives are out there for me to look at. That would be a good place to start, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, being properly diversified, being truly diversified, which to us it means having some non-correlated assets or asset classes in the portfolios, where which they are not going to necessarily react the same way as stocks and bonds to general economy and interest rates. And one area that we've been focused on that has done well and continues to do well is in the in the private credit or private lending strategies. These are uh, mainly asset-based lending strategies, so floating rate, senior secured, first lien position, and with proper assets as collateral to cover do- those loans. And as the interest rates have gone up, we're seeing that uh, those are actually on par with equities in terms of return. But again, we have a almost a lending type uh, profile 
but with equity-like returns. So that's the area where we think uh, uh, we should be a little bit more focused on and we have focused on more. Yep. Sasan, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Obviously, lots of headlines taking up the majority of you know our time and our consumption. Um, very uncertain what's going on there, but there's still potentially some opportunities and ways to protect yourself. Is there anything that might come about in this current earnings reporting season that might surprise you? I think, uh, uh, you know, obviously the market is expecting the higher mega cap type companies to do well, but I think it's already priced in. So I think right now it's basically interest rates and the geopolitical situation that's driving the market. I think a lot of the earnings are going to come in line or a little bit better than expected. And that's going to be a little bit of a positive for the market. But uh, there are, I think the macro drivers are already in charge right now. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sasan. Really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. And we hope this episode has provided you with a roadmap to feel more confident as an investor. To receive notifications about weekly episodes, email us at financialcommute at mortonwealth.com.